hello everyone welcome back to another episode of the calcios pantheon i am joined as always by my fellow journalist and podcaster elliot how are you doing this afternoon pretty good how's it going oh it's things are going well um as we all know this week is going to and the next few weeks of syria are going to be kind of busy um, you're going to have back-to-back matches pretty much throughout the week of the next few weeks, especially since I believe next week the starts up. Um, I have the answer on that. The Copa Italia starts the week of, well, Roma will have their Copa Italia matchup the 20th. So basically what we have right now is we have a match midweek this week. And then the big match between you and I, you and I, and then there's another match at the end of that week. So that like we still have about two weeks before the Copa Italia, but it seems like since until uh, uh, sorry the Europa League and Champions League kickoff, we're basically doing two two matches a week. It seems like. Yeah, so we're gonna be recording a little bit more than usual just so we can keep like the stories fresh while they're still relevant. So we're going to be having an episode, of course, today. And then right after Wednesday on Thursday, we're going to be recording another one just so we can keep up with everything. So this week we had a bunch of uh, awesome matches, don't you think? Yeah, it's uh, a lot of goals. Uh, especially, I mean, holy crap. Especially on, um, what, I remember what day it was, Sunday morning. Um, well, a team had six, another team had four, and another team had like four too. So it's been it's been a lot of high even, scoring. Even Atalanta had like five goals in their match. I mean, holy! T- I mean, wow. Yeah. It, what you you had six, right? So Inter yes. had six, Napoli had four, and Atalanta had f- uh, four also. And Juventus also had four as well. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. Oh, my goodness. That's a lot of goals. <laughs> I mean, this is one of those things like, wow, it's been a while since we've seen a weekend where we've had this many goals. It's just, wow. It's, they've, so, been, they've been saving up since they haven't played in a week. <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah, we're just going to throw some of these in the bag and just, like, start playing like that during – since we're just coming back from a break. You know what's weird about that? And I know we, we can go whatever direction you want. Is the the rain game yesterday had one goal, but the games where there wasn't rain had zero goals or more, more than a couple. Because usually the rain – games that are in the rain, usually it seems like it's, it should be easier to score – because you don't have the grip of the ball, and there's just a little body sliding around. But interestingly, the games with the sun scored like crazy, and the games with the rain had had uh, one goal each in the, the two rain games. And so, I think you, you had a rain game, right? We had the rain game. There were, uh, the Verona and Spezia game also was in rainy conditions, but Roma's in the Roma game. When people ran, water came off the ground, and there was like, yeah, so it was it was very. I think it rained for like it was the surface of the game was was like wet, but I also think it was raining pretty much the entire game. Where Verona's game was was raining, but it didn't have the same. I mean, it wasn't as much water, but yeah. So the but anyway, they they had rain in their game too. Wow, that's just unusual. 
especially as you just described. Usually the ring games are, it's easier to score with, but this week, what time it wasn't the case. Yeah, true. So we're just going to jump right into the matches as they have pretty much happened in order. Um, Whatever you want to do. So you're going to be asking about Inter Milan right now, so we're since we're going in order. All right. Um, you saw the game, obviously. Um, this was the most strangest Inter game I think I've ever seen. Um, uh, what what was your take on the two completely different Inter teams that showed up in the first half and the second half? Well. First and foremost, it was definitely interesting, especially how they performed in each half. Um, of course, Inter p- kind of played like they have been recently, where they've been playing, in my opinion, a little bit more reserved, but they were still able to like get those goals to, uh, to make sure that they were on even points or even goals um, with Cortone before the end of the half. And then it's just like something inside of them lit in the second half. And they were just playing, in my opinion, a little bit more aggressively and just making sure that they got the result needed. And just to see the scoreline 6-2, this has not been seen from Inter in quite a few seasons. So I'm like this, I'm wondering what had happened that they're performing at this level and actually doing what was... I know what you're saying, but you have scored five-plus goals in the last two seasons. So this isn't, like, unknown to man or anything like that. Um, I'll be honest, and be fair to respond. In the first half, you didn't look like you belonged in Syria. You looked like you would struggle to... I know you scored some goals and all that stuff, but... But you looked kind of like a Serie B mid-table side. And then in the second half, you looked like 2010 Barcelona. <laughs> like, it was just crazy because uh, if I, uh, I know Spezia scored uh, – or no, you played Crotone, my bad. Uh, Crotone scored early, and then you do your little thing with Martinez and all that, and then comes back with it, and then they, they get back into the game, and then – that you just light them up in the second half. So what do you think the, the big, uh, I don't know, adjustment or what, what, why do you think uh, it, it was so, went so much differently in the second half? Well, it has we all know that in the past, even before this match occurred, in the past few matches, Inter have struggled in like the first half of some of these games, but then in the second half, it's like something lights deep inside them and then they perform like with like oh uh, what would the word um I I got the word in my head but it just won't come out. <laughs> I guess intensity or something. That um, makes sense. And it's like the second half in a lot of these recent matches, they kick it into that next gear. I don't know if it's what they're doing because it's hard to kind of really tell. Maybe it's like adjusting the formation before the start of the second half. Or what, did you? What did you? What did you play with on um, uh, Sunday? What, what formation? I don't remember. I was watching that game and three other games at the same time. 
so I wasn't really paying attention so much to the formation as as just the game itself. But what would you would you how did you set up your team uh, this week? Um, do you remember? It, yes, I do. Um, we set up with the three five two again. Ah, interesting. Yeah, I know. This is like okay. I guess they're probably adjusting depending on the opponent. But yeah, remember who I told you last week? I said, don't yep. be surprised if they played the three, uh, three, five, two against Sam Dorian Crotone and then change against uh, Roma. Right. Just a theory I have because they're, they're playing. I guess you can, you can sometimes do it based on opponent and that formation um, may work against a certain team and not work against another team. You know what I mean? Definitely. Um, but yeah, I don't know if it's, if they're adjusting the formation before the half, the second half resumes or that they may be conserving their energy and in the first half and try to get really a feel for it and then like go full on in the second half and try to get the results needed. But who knows? There's could be a bunch of different reasons why, we play like a Serie B mid-table team in one half. Well, and then- yeah, but that, that, that hasn't been the case most games. This game only was the only game they played that badly. They played, they played well in pretty much every game over the last uh, six or seven games, but they, they just finished them off in the second half where here they just looked like the worst team I've ever seen in my life for the first half. Uh, outside, I know Martinez scored and all that. And it was a good strike and all that, but still, it, th- this is uh, – this is a team that's the bo- at the bottom of the table right now. Um, so I just think, con- con- considering their opponent, I thought they they were really horrible. And obviously, in the second half, um, things kind of got going in a in a much more, I guess, concrete way as far as the way they were like approaching everything going forward. Right, but it's. Like I said, who knows what they're do- what had happened during the halftime break that kind of like saw that momentum shift. It, there could have been like something like a like a serious pep talking from um, Conte. It could have been like a- it can be multiple things that we won't be able to figure out. Um, yeah, so, but all I know is we got the points and. Temporarily, until Milan won their match, we were for all the matter of a few hours. Yeah, but you have to remember, you're only one point apart for now. <laughs> we'll see what happens on the 10th. <laughs> um, I'm hoping to displace you in the title race, but we'll see. Um, so, what, when 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 Conte made subs, did the did he keep the same formation, or uh, did it change? Min- so. Do you know how to read that? Because I can explain it to you really quickly if you want me to. No, I actually don't. Okay, so you can you can like when you're watching the game. I think in, in some sense you can kind of see how everything's lined up, and based on the uh, for, uh, formation or the the sub. So, for example, if um, if you sub Barella for. Um, Ashley Young, you're not playing with the same formation because Ashley Young doesn't play Barella's position. So Barella would, or not Barella, uh, Ashley Young would become a right back 
probably or become part of the defense. You know what I mean? So you can tell kind of based on um, the who's being put on the, into the game of what the formation is going to change. So um, just just for future reference, just just put um, going forward, pay attention to that part of it because then you can actually see the whole entire picture. Because if they change the formation mid game, mid uh, in the middle of the game. You, you see more uh, context of why maybe they had performed. Well, um, again, I was watching about four games at the same time, and I wasn't really – I was paying attention to the game, but the formation – when you're watching four games at once, the formation – you can't really n- nail down on the formation that someone's playing based on a, a change. Uh, but anyway, um, so there's that. Uh, let's see. Um uh, I know you won six two. It's great. Uh, what was something that you saw from Inter this week that you did not like, or you wanted, or you felt a little bit inconsiderate? And I know you won by you won by what four goals or whatever. Yep. But still, there's there's always something in games that you would like to see improved or you didn't like. So what's what's something you didn't like, and then I'll ask you what something you did like, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, one thing I. Well, even in the past few matches, just the way they perform in the first half is kind of concerning. Like I said, against teams like Roma and Juventus, which we have co- obviously coming up, that's going to be like crucial that they like really go full on from the start because against Roma and against Juventus, they're going to put goals away early and when it comes then Inter would have to try to come back and sometimes depending on those first 15 to 20 minutes of the first half are crucial and if they don't like get those goals early on I think it's going to be harder for them to come back especially against like stronger teams that Mm -hmm. are like more cohesive and more consistent all right, but I get the, I get all that. But what? Why do you think you're having an issue in the first half, though? Because obviously, yes, it's it sucks that this is happening. But again, you're performing like like champions in the second half. So does it matter slightly? Is it a big deal? I don't think so. But what what specifically do you think is happening from your perspective from Inter watching the Inter from the first half to the last couple of games? What's something that you feel like is missing from those from those? Uh, moments i think just like the intensity and the desire to like get the result i mean don't give me but it's like something happens in the second half that they're like okay we're gonna get the result and we're gonna go execute but you need to have like that intensity and that drive from the start starting whistle in the first half to the ending whistle in the second half because sometimes you can't leave it until the last minute, especially against stronger teams. Okay. No, I get that. That That's, that's a good point. Um, do you think maybe they're, 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 um, I don't know what the word is. They're resisting to not resisting, uh, um, holding back a little bit to, I don't know whether it's to conserve energy or to figure out the best. Cause sometimes if you, if you watch certain games, Sometimes a team won't will play a little conservative to start the game, just so they can figure out what's the best way to attack a certain team. Um, and you know, little mistakes down the stretch, you can see a gap. So, 
uh, as um, I, like in the tactical video that I, I sent you uh, before before the games this week. That, that the, we'll get into what I, I was talking about, but you know there was a there was a specific thing that needed to happen for said team to not get blown off of the field. So, so do you think maybe when Inter are playing kind of loose in the beginning, they're trying to find that, that uh, you know, that space or that sort of mentality or just so like a strategic way to kind of attack. So they're sitting back in the beginning. They see, oh, Crotone does this poorly. They're weak on the left-hand side. Now we're going to th- – so in the second half, we're going to throw Martinez, who has pace, in that area. And then there, there's going to be a little bit of an issue for them. Do you think perhaps it's actually somewhat a tactical way about it? I mean, Cretone is our, is awful, so there's no excuse for 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 last uh, for this this last game. But in some of the games before that, where you you left it late a little bit, th- there are more difficult games to sort of find that space. You know what I mean? So do you think that that could go into kind of why they're do you think it's a strategic thing, or do you think they're just struggling the first half? Actually, now that you bring that up, that actually is a valid point. Because sometimes it's best to get the read on your opponent, seeing what they're doing and figuring out where their weaknesses are, so that way you can address, attack those weaknesses with a little bit more execution and know where to get the ball at the cer- at certain times and stuff like that. So that is actually that- a valid point. So I'm going to bring something up, and we're, we don't – Inter and Roma don't play for another week, so we'll talk about this with them more depth. But, for example, what what is – when if you're going to beat Roma, what do you have to do typically? Uh, you've watched them enough to know. What do you think you have to do to beat Roma, just generally speaking? You don't have to go into this that much, but what, what's, the, what's the way you kind of have to play against them? Ooh. More. What do they do really, really, really well? Defend. Okay. Uh, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, they're, they're a counterattacking team, right? Right. So, for example, if, if Inter are going to – they can maybe play this way against Roma because they have to figure out a way not to let them go on the counter. Um, with Juventus, it's about trying to make Ronaldo uncomfortable, forcing other pieces around uh, Juve to beat them, right? If it's, uh, if it's Napoli, it's, again, the pace of Insigne and the technical ability of Mertens if, when they're going forward and playing well, et cetera, et cetera. So with all these teams, there's something you can take from how to beat these specific teams, okay? So in a game against Roma – Theoretically speaking, you could play it slow at the beginning because they have to figure out, okay, how do we stop them from getting on the break? Because um, this week, Rome didn't get on the break. Sam Dory did a good job against them in that respect. They still lost, but you get what I'm saying? So maybe this is – maybe, again, it could be you're just not playing well in the first half. It also could be maybe Conte has, has something in there. That, that he's trying to do it in a different way. Now, again, you shouldn't have to play that way against Spezia or Cotone. Um, Cotone hasn't been there, Pernal. I think Spezia is a decent team this season. But, again, you shouldn't have to be playing like that against those games. But in the bigger games, obviously you want to score early. But at the same time, if you can figure out what the other team is doing and you go into a second half with a goalless game against Roma or Juventus, you kind of will have more of a feel of how you're going to attack them in half number two. I don't know. Just just something I'm throwing at you. 
Yeah, that definitely makes sense. All right, last last thing. Um, Lataro Martinez hat trick, first hat trick of his career. Absolutely flawless performance uh, against Crotone, first half, second half. Uh, 10 out of 10 performance for me. Um, uh, the floor is yours to fawn over uh, Lataro. Oh my gosh, Lataro. That, congratulations on your first ever Serie A hat trick. Um, and didn't you know he uh, is ex- his uh, girlfriend, fiance, or wife, or whatever, is actually expecting a daughter? That's nice. Maybe that was maybe it was because of that. <laughs> yeah, he actually dedicated the his hat trick to his the unborn daughter. So congratulations to you, Martinez, on event your expecting child. And I mean that was just beautifully done. Um, I am super. I he, like I said, he is one of our my favorite signings that we had ever gotten. Um, mm-hmm. And I just hope he could get a couple more hat tricks in the future because that was absolutely stunning. Yeah, it was a weird game where Lukaku, he, I mean, he scored, but it wasn't like a, uh, he wasn't great or anything like that. Not to say he was bad, but he just wasn't needed. <laughs> That's the funny thing about how well Latara was playing on Sunday is, is it wasn't that Lukaku was just bad. It was like he wasn't needed. It was, he, like he wasn't required. Um, but like I felt like once you had gotten that um that uh you know had gotten that momentum and once you went three two up I felt like it, that you, you guys just kept pushing it until the end um and then obviously you get some late goals at the very end and and the scoreline looks like six two when it, it did, did let me ask you really quick before we move on did that feel like six two because to me it felt like a three two game that you just piled on in the end. I think it was, like, at best, like, maybe a 4-2, but it doesn't feel like a 6-2 performance, especially how we performed in the first half. So, are you at all – I mean, you're, you're flying right now. There's no – there's nothing you can say to, to say that you're not in the title race in a very healthy way. You're one of the title favorites without question. You can't bring up any information or data that says anything otherwise. So that's done, all right. But with that being said, are you con- are you at all concerned that it it? I mean, you won six two, but it, it you struggled in that game in a, a team that you should have won to by that scoreline, uh, and it like feels more convincing. I mean, what it, I think it's a little bit more convincing that we're like title contenders now. But like I said, in a couple matches when we play Roma, that's going to be, the, for me, the real telltale sign. Okay, no, no, no. You have, you have this a little backwards. You're going to be title contenders even if you lose one or both of those games. You will be title favorites if you win both or if you win one. But you can't, there's nothing you can actually say or bring up any sort of information that disputes the fact that that Inter Milan are in the title race. You're unbeaten. You've won eight games in a row. Milan hasn't won eight games in a row. Roma hasn't won eight games in a row. Napoli hasn't won eight games in a row. Right now, you have the best form in the entire league. Okay, so you can't, you can't, you can't convince me that you're not in the title race. It just depends on what your position will be when you play, uh, you know, some of the tougher games. And uh, 
Crotone, great performance I, 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 uh, from, from Inter. I don't think it was a bad performance. Uh, it took them a little longer than it should have. Um, but then Sampdoria is going to be much more difficult, um, especially if, uh, if that game's away from home. But um, anyway, that's all. Continue. All right. Now we get to move on to your boys, uh, Roma versus Sampdoria, otherwise known as the proverbial rain game. Um, mm-hmm. So what were your thoughts? Okay, so I mean, <laughs> it, it was it's one of those, you know, the Ju- the Juventus uh, winning games where they play like crap and end up winning. Um, not to say that Roma played badly; Roma played great. If it wasn't for the rain and that incredible goalkeeper that Sam Doria has, Roma would have put the game way earlier. Um, we probably would have won this more convincingly. Um, but I mean, this is a statement game. It was a tough game. It was in the rain. Um, we left it not late, late, but pretty late where, um, <clears throat> Karsdorp and Jekyll connect again and Jekyll per- per- perfect first touch lifts the ball into the top corner. Um, Sam Doria from a, uh, just attacking standpoint, didn't do a whole lot. Uh, but obviously, uh, that's not, that wasn't their game plan and rightfully so, uh, their, uh, their best chance of the game came from your, uh, your old inter buddy, uh, uh, Antonio Carangera, um, who who had a really good strike from outside the box. Lopez was able to get fingertips to it, but that was their most threatening point of the game. We had one other chance from Thorsby where Paul Lopez uh, hit it with his hand instead of trying to catch it. Uh, I thought it was a really smart decision considering it was in the rain. Um, but outside of that, they didn't do too much. They didn't threaten Roma. It was just basically Roma trying to break down Sampdoria. In the first half, they were Perfect. They kept their positioning. Um, like I told, talked to you before, uh, they needed to keep, especially their uh, their central midfielder in position. If he goes out of position, you have a gaping hole inside of the midfield where Roma can the counterattack. Uh, Sampdoria did not allow Roma to go out of the counterattack. Um, Roma still ended up winning the game, but I thought they did a tremendous job of limiting the inevitable. Sampdoria can go out of that game and feel good about the way they performed and have more confidence going into the game against Inter. Um, so, uh, Sam Doria, I thought, did a good job considering the results. Um, but Roma were great. They dominated. Uh, Pellegrini uh, uh, could have scored a couple of times. Karsdorp was excellent. Getting the winner. Uh, Chris Smalling hits the post. Um, and then, obviously, uh, in the end, uh, Jekko has the moment and scores. And it just it's just been incredible. And... Uh, is this one of those moments where you 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 kind of realize or you start to to, to see that that Jekko's time at Roma is probably he's at he's at the back end. He'll maybe play two more seasons. He's still within distance of se- of the second highest scoring score uh, second highest scoring in Roma history. Um, he he moves up to 14. I believe number two is 138. Um, I'm hoping he stays long enough to at least level or break that. Um, he's got uh, nine, eight or nine goals in 16 games, which is pretty good pl- pl- uh, uh, run of form for, for, for a striker that's 34 years old. Um, and it's just one of those games where it's like you have to think about uh, everything is done. And, and um, this is kind of the moment where you have to appreciate everything because you never know what you got until it's gone. When he's gone and somewhere else, Rome will not have another striker like that in a long time. So, uh, obviously, there's that 
aspect of it. But a uh, tough game, but a breaking point game. They won this late. They played tough. It was in uncomfortable situations, and they were able to sort of conquer that, even though that goalkeeper from Sampdoria was giving – was irritating me on a consistent basis because all these fucking saves he was making, you know, in really big moments late in the game. And uh, Jacko finally gets that space, scores that goal, and, and Roma win. Uh, I think this will give him a lot of confidence – especially going into not next week because Cotone uh, shouldn't challenge Roma too much, but against the game against Inter, actually most of the game against Inter. Um, Lazio are terrible this year, so I'm not even worried about the Derby as much. It's just that game against Inter that really concerns or that really is going to define everything. Um, Still in the top three, four points from the top. Uh, So Roma have to love where they are right now. Yeah, definitely. And what's the name of the Sampdoria goalkeeper? Do you know? Um, Emil Adero, I believe, uh, 23 years old. Uh, again, I would like crack now. My backup will be Silvestri, but if you take those out, if we could get him, uh, Eldero or Dragonowski from Fiorentina or one of those, I would be okay with that. I think he would cost less. He's, he's younger than Silvestri and crack now. He's 23 years old. He has experience in the league. Um, so when I was watching the game last night, um, when I was watching the way they were playing, I kind I kind of thought, you know, that's an interesting that's an interesting proposition there. Maybe maybe he's an option as well. Um, and and Paul Lopez played good, but again, we we need to be looking for, for the future and and might not be a terrible idea. Um, and that that goes for for other clubs too because I think he needs to be playing at a better club in Sampdoria. As much as I have respect for that club and they've been doing doing pretty well this year. He's uh, he made he made a few ones. I, 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 there was utter disbelief. Um, Pellegrini had this cross. I don't know if you remember, or it looked like kind of. A, I wasn't sure if it's a cross or a shot. And it's like it's like the wind kind of takes it in the air, and then Jacko gets his head to it, and he makes this save where basically his his whole body is moving and he, like just one of these you know acrobatic saves, and, uh, and then he made one other one that. Um, I, I, I never, I never had doubts that we were going to work going to win the game or anything like that. But, uh, when, when he made the second or the second save or the one on, uh, Jekyll the first time it was like, okay, let's get this done because this guy's making it more difficult than it should be. Yeah. Cause I, so as you said, um, you had sent me, okay. For those of you who don't know, I struggle with one thing, tactics. So, if someone were to like write an article and talk about all these tactics and I'm not able to see it on a diagram and visualize it, I'm in the dark because I'm a visual learner. So Elliot decided to send me a video explaining what Sam Doria needed to do. So you had said that this, if the central midfielder had moved out of place, it would have left that gaping hole for Roma to attack. Mm-hmm. So you think they actually held firm and kept the central midfielder where he needed to be. Yeah. They, I thought they did a really good job with that because if, if you notice the game, uh, Roma weren't coming forward on the break that often. They got it a few times. They were morally, they were really using the outside to try to cut in rather than using it on the counter. When Roma gets the counter, I don't care who you have in your back three, unless it's Paolo Baldini, uh, Zanetti, Virgil van Dyke, or Dillette or, you know, Cannavaro, or like one of these all-time greats, it's hard to, to stop um, something like that. Um, 
so so for me, and again, I'm not saying that Bowman's attack is the greatest thing ever to happen, but but that's how that it's hard to stop them when they're going like that. Especially Jacko who's a good job of getting in position and getting in the right spaces. So with all that happening, Sam Dory kept their shape. They sacrificed it by not attacking. So it's I, I believe they were playing for a point. They're they're trying to get a goal of straw, which is exactly what they should have done. Because as as I explained to you, what happens when that when that um when that uh, defender or sorry that midfielder goes up with uh, Coriella and Gabadini on an attack and Roma get the ball? What what what's the result of that? It leaves the hole open for yeah two defensive midfielders. And then basically you're going to have to pull those back on the break and you're going to have to have one trying to uh, get the ball. And it it gives Roma the upper hand the entire time. And from an attacking point of view, they did their very best in trying to create something, but they were not willing to sacrifice that him going out of position to sort of, you know, concretely break them down the whole thing. You know, you get what I'm saying? Right. So, so yeah, they played great. I mean, it's hard to beat this Roma team. It just is. And they did a better job than most teams have played Roma. Uh, Calgary got two goals against us uh, a few weeks ago. And I thought Sam Dory played us better than they did. And they scored twice. Um, so, you know, you have to, if you're Sam Doria and I, you're going to see them soon, this is why I'm bringing this. You have to feel somewhat optimistic about the prospect of going after enter. It's going to have to be a totally different strategy. But again, and, and Roma don't have Lukaku, obviously, and Martinez and people like that. But, but again, if, if they're able to do that and against a, a back line against, against Inter that can be fragile, I mean, I think they have to feel good about the performance despite losing at the end, which I'm sure is frustrating because I felt like maybe the, the rain aspect you thought maybe would go in their favor because of how difficult it was to score goals uh, yesterday. Right. And why do you think Sampdoria performed a little bit better than the one that team that you just mentioned? Um, Kyle Gallari tried too hard to get on the break. And uh, I don't know. They, they, had, they, they did okay against us. They did score twice. Um, they even were, we were even level at one point. Um, and I know that Roma was 1-1 in the 60th minute of that game, and Roma ended up winning 3-1. And they got a late penalty at the end to make it 3-2. And, again, it was a great goalkeeper performance like we saw yesterday. Um, but I, I, think, I think what happened was Sampdoria understood their game plan. So Calgalari was trying to beat us. They were trying to win against Roma, which they should. And I'm not saying it's, it's a positive thing not to try, to try to lose or anything like that, but but, but in that situation, Sam Doria realized early that it was going to be difficult to store, score because Roma ripped them apart in the first 10 minutes and they couldn't get anything going largely because of the, how uncomfortable it was. And the, the wetness of the game was going towards the defense and the, goal, um, and the goalkeeper rather than into the attack. So it was going against the attack. It was, it was becoming a problem for the people trying to score the goals rather than the ones trying to save them. Um, so I think they stuck with that game plan early and they understood that if they keep their position, it will have to take an organic chance to beat them. And what I mean by organic is not ones where Ibanez hits it into the midfield, Vertu or Villar or whoever gets the ball into the attack and they just run from the length of the field and score. They had to, we'd had to beat them 
in a more uh, in a less counterattacking situation, more of like a let's get the ball in the right space and try to score a goal. Okay, that makes sense. So, moving on, is there anything else that you like want to mention or shout out about yesterday's game? Uh, I can't think of anything. No. So moving on, um, we had Hellas Verona taking on Spezia. Yep. Um, I think that was the other rainy game. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, good defensive display from, I think, uh, both teams. Both teams did a good job uh, and sort of trying to do that. Um, and then uh, late on or in the second half, uh, Zacharini decided to do something freaking disgusting with the bicycle kick to win it. I mean, <laughs> that's the best way you could possibly win a game that's won <laughs> Is let's get a let's get a bicycle kick and uh, and keep it going. You know what I mean? I mean that's that was just incredible. I thought they did well. Verona's back got, gets three points, and um, after a, a couple games where they haven't played that well, I think this was a good performance from them. Yeah, that bicycle kick. I'm just gonna say, it. Mm. that was beautiful. <gasps> Especially with it being in the rain. It, sometimes without the right footing, those bicycle if that was a bicycle kick done in the rain normally, it probably wouldn't have looked so pretty, but that one was just gorgeous. And I it mean, defensive-wise, it was a good performance by both sides, but of course, the I'm trying to remember who scored that goal. Hang on, let me check. Wait, who? Yeah. Uh, I think his name is Zaccarini. I could be wrong about that, but I, all I know is uh, AC Milan, Roma, and uh, I forgot some. And someone else is, is chasing him, but it's a uh, he's be he's a, a sought a, a sought out after player right now. That's that is uh, going to be signed. He's going to be signing with one of the bigger teams in the summer, if not in January. Um, but all I know that is he's he's a hot prospect on the market right yeah. now. Yeah, do you think he's like an underrated we'll get into the actually I'll save that for later. Um but yeah that w- he that goal was amazing and I hope he gets to another club at some point because that was just amazing balls. Now let me Yeah. Uh Roma and AC Milan are the two that I, I remember being um heavily involved in trying to, to get the deal done. Yeah but I mean Hellas Verona did a great job in making sure they secured those points, especially since we they were struggling a little bit earlier in the season, but now they're just finding that form again, which is great to see from them. Um, up next, we have the 5-1 win for Atalanta against Sassiolo. I mean, oh, oh my geez. gosh. I mean, they, they they left nothing out there. They just they flat out dominated. Uh, Sassuolo seems to be now waking up from their their dream of making the Champions League. <laughs> uh, I think this is the first real uh, adversity that they faced this season, um, and I think they'll still be in the top eight for the whole season. But I think that they're gonna. They're going to creep out of the Champions League picture, um, and then I think Napoli will probably be the team to to replace them, or Juventus, or one of these other teams um, outside of the top three teams in the league right now, um, or top four, or whatever it is. Um, no, all of them were great. Uh, do I think they're going to make the Champions League? I don't. Uh, 
Do I think they'll make the Europa League? Probably they will, but you, you just don't know because they've been so inconsistent. But that was a great performance. Um, Zabata was uh, uh, just unreal. Uh, I think two goals and an assist. Um, pro- he could probably threat. He could probably challenge anybody who this week has the best performance uh, that I've seen. Um, and he he just found a way to be effective. He set up a goal as well. Um, his first goal is excellent. Inside the box, takes one touch and then one more touch and then hits it in the back of the net. Um, I thought it was a well-executed strike as well. And uh, Zabata, if you get if, if Alonso can get Zabata going, um, even even if it looks like they're going to lose Papu Gomez, uh, it's very it's very possible that uh, they can get back, you know, get back and rolling again. Um, I wouldn't say it's a, it's a statement game because um, they thought the Roma game was a statement game. And then they lost a 2-0 lead against uh, Bologna and ended up with uh, a tie there. So, um, But, again, it's, it's good to see uh, uh, Sassuolo be put in their place. It was a really dominating performance um, from Atlanta. And Sassuolo just uh, never really – they didn't have a thing in this game. They were being absolutely outclassed uh, from start to finish. They were ripped apart and uh, – they just got one goal at the very end, and that's that's all that really accounted for anything. Um, but, you know, it was great performance from Um, Do you think, like, because we've all mentioned that there's been a lot of defensive issues with Atalanta, and do you think some of that has kind of, like, changed a little bit, or do you think their defense is still, like, one of their more problematic issues? It is their most problematic issue, but at the same time, it's – this team has more issues than just the defense now. Last season, that was their only issue. The year before that seemed to be their only issue again. Now there's more issues in the midfield. There's, there's not enough consistent play in the attack. Um, there's, there seems to be a lack of creativity, and this, was, this is with or without Papa Gomez because even when he, when he was in the team, when he was playing games, they still lacked something. Um, outside of those first two games against Torino and Alonso that, that they had um, – I, I just don't know where you where you go with this. It's just yes, the defense is an issue, but there there's got more issues than than just that. So I don't think you can totally put put the, everything down to not having a proper defense. Well, I'm just happy that they got the result because it was nice to see that kind of performance from them again, especially since recently they have been struggling in being consistent, getting results, and everything. And Sassuolo. Yeah. You had your fun in the Champions League, but it's time for you to go by now. You, I mean, like I, you just had mentioned, I think Sassiolo could make it into the Europa League, but that's pretty much as much as they can do. But because yeah. it, it, eventually this season is – they're going to get tired especially. Yeah, and I, I don't think it will happen, but Locatelli could be on the move in January, maybe. Um, so that's not going to help their situation either. Uh, no, they're a good team though. We can't say they're not They're They do. They still have an outside chance of making the champions league. I think they have an outside chance. I think it's unlikely, but they have the team. They have at least components of their team to do it. But I, I just think they're going to, I just don't think they have their, I think they're going to slightly, uh, uh, go backwards. I don't think they're going to pull a Calgary where they were in fourth and they finished 12th. But I think they can go from – I don't even know where they were. They were, like, in third at one point. Fourth, a top-four team to a top-eight team. 
I think that's very possible. But you, I, I don't want to underestimate them either because I think they're they're doing uh, well enough to to prove that they've worthy of their place. Um, but you know, we'll see what happens. And speaking of heads, you just sent, mentioned Locatelli might be on his way out. Is it, who is possibly interested in him? Right now, it's just Juventus. Um, I don't think it will happen. I don't think there's enough time to, to get a deal done. There's been no talks resumed since uh, uh, there, I, there haven't even been talks taking place. But uh, all I know is Juventus is interested. But they're trying to get Pogba. Uh, but Man United rejected an offer for Pogba. So um, it's very possible that they go in for him now because Pogba, Pogba – look, Juventus fans, Pogba's not going to happen. Just move on with it. Man United are not going to sell him when they're in second place in the Premier League. They, they need to keep their team as strong as possible. And offering Aaron Ramsey as a an exchange player is just – he's a good player, but come on. Just stop. It's, it's just not happening. So Pogba's off the table, which probably means Locatelli. They might go back in for him. But they also are really interested in Hussein Awar, who plays for Lyon. Um, between the two, I think Awar is the much better player, with all respect to um, Locatelli. So – I think Juventus are more likely to try to gauge that situation. Um, so, it, you, right now it's Juventus. In the summer, it's going to be Juventus. It's going to be Inter. It's going to be Roma. It's going to be probably one of the Bundesliga teams. Uh, Man United will probably be interested. Liverpool will be like he'll he'll just have more takers in the summer. It's just there's just not enough time to get this deal done. I think, but I think it's still possible they can get it done if they act immediately and they act fast. So we'll just see what happens with that. But I, I would be surprised if it happens uh, during this transfer window. Okay. Up next, we have Fiorentina versus Lunchmeet FC, otherwise known as Bologna, in a 0-0 draw. Well, Fiorentina's back to normal. Uh, they got the batteries in in the in their um, in their team, and they look they look they look they look like they're supposed to look. I mean, what do you want me to say? I- they weren't supposed to run the table, run through Juve like they did. They weren't supposed to dominate. They weren't supposed to make you look like they don't belong in the league. That wasn't supposed to happen. They had that great victory, uh, sticking it to Chiesa, and then what happens? They go against uh, Bologna, a team that's also struggling and can't keep, can't keep a clean sheet to save their life. Now they got their clean sheet. They got their point. And Fiorentina's back to normal. So, uh, welcome back. <laughs> well, we'll just see how long this lasts. I mean, despite it being a goalless draw, it was actually – they did – both sides actually did fairly well. Um, it was a good game. It was definitely a good game. There was a lot of uh, opportunities for both sides. Um I just I'm I'm just sort of um, cackling at the results comparison to what they did last last right. time they played. But so that was a decent goalless draw because like we've seen some goalless draws that just w- wasn't it worth watching to begin with. Yep, Roma Empoli 2016. It is the most boring Roma game I ever, I ever saw. Um, <laughs> and um, so yeah, this wasn't a boring goal draw in any stretch of the imagination. Um, I would say the best goal that's draw this so far this season was um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, it was it was Verona and Fiorentina, I think. That was the best goal that's draw this season, I think. But it, uh, but this this wasn't this was a pretty good decent game. It wasn't it wasn't a, a boring result at all. So 
Up next, Torino win 3-0 against Parma. Oh, Parma, Parma, Parma. What is going on, man? Um, they can't score. I mean, they're going to get dragged down there. I don't I, I have so much respect for Parma and what they've done historically. Uh, they can't be relegated again. It'll be too sad. Uh, but they're going to get dragged down to the relegation zone because there are teams that are finding their way um, to sort of conquer that situation. They're only one point out of the relegation zone. Um, Torino's is now uh, just escaped it. Um, but I don't know, man. It's just it's it's difficult to to sort of gauge what's going to happen with them. Uh, they were poor. Um, good for Torino, though. Bellotti was was handing out uh, beautiful balls consistently. People, they probably even could have, could have scored more. Um, great performance by them. Um, uh, but I, to be honest, I'm happy for them and all that. But I, I think this says more about Parma than it does about Torino. Um, I think we kind of already know what Torino are, and but we all we but we also have some hope they can survive because of Bellotti. Um Parma strikes me as a team with absolutely no hope. Um, and they, they corner themselves by selling uh, their their top scorer from last season and not replacing him with anybody other than, you know, somebody who's already on the team. So, uh, Gervinho is somebody who I think will become available because uh, I don't think he's, he's going to put up with the situation for much longer. Yeah, I just feel bad for Parma, especially since they were doing so well. Um and Torino, it's nice that you're finally finding your way again after struggling in the beginning. Um, yeah, but it's not it's not over yet. I mean, there's oh, yeah. a lot of work to do. They they they're tied with they're they're in seventeenth, but the only reason they're not in the relegation zone is because of goal difference, and the only reason that's happening is because of Andrea Bellotti. Um, so the, this is only the beginning of the fight. They're going to be involved in this uh, bottom part of the table the whole season. So. It's nice to see them get out of it. We'll see how long they stay out of it, but yeah, you know I, I do. Um, Balotti, oh my gosh, he scored an amazing goal yesterday too. I mean, very well, well, yeah. well, he executed. Well, well, he isn't a perp, but now it is. But, well, well yeah, is but that was a amazing goal from him. Um. What do you really think? What do you think one of the issues is besides losing their like main score at the end of last season? Like, what do you think Parma needs to do to hopefully get back into this? Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if he would do it, but maybe get Olivier Giroud from Chelsea. He's on a, I think he can be signed for free, but. Just throw money at them. See if they take. I mean, he's a top scorer this season. Chelsea's in the hole, but somebody like that, Diego Costa, is a free agent. Oh, that would be great, actually. Get Diego Costa. He is a he is he's a scoundrel, but he scores goals. Um, he just got released by Atletico Madrid. I'm sure he would rather play for a team that's better than Parma, but just someone who can give you goals. If Parma can have a goal scorer come in January, score ten goals this season, they won't go down. They just need someone to, to put them in the back of the net. Um, they're, they're having a serious problem with this, and they're not getting it at anywhere near the level they had it last year. Um, they have seven goals this season, I think. Hold on a second. 
Yeah, they have seven goals this season. Um, I think, hold on, let me check this to just to be sure. Oh, they have 13 goals this season. But that is that is the worst in Italian football. Crotone, Genoa, and Spezia all have scored more goals than Parma. Um, I, they need to get a striker who can score goals. And they have to get them on cheap. They can't spend – they don't have a lot of money, so they can't spend a lot. They, they need to get some of the cheap. Uh, I mean, Diego Costa signed to a one-year deal and give him like ten million. Or, I don't know. Give him a give him a bag of money. Give him ten. Uh, do a one-year deal. See if he can keep your team up. If he does, then you can offer him an extension and maybe he stays for another year, or else he leaves at the end of this. But but because then next year in the summer you'll have more flexibility. You'll to, to spend and try to get. Uh, a uh, more adequate replacement. Get get Diego Costa if possible. Somebody like that who can score a bunch of goals. The only reason I'm bringing up Diego Costa is because he's he's a free agent. You can literally sign him for nothing. So, uh, yeah, that's I think that's that's the best bet because they're 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 in serious trouble right now. They have they, they I think they pl- I think they finished in the top twelve last year. Now they have the worst attack in the entire league. Um, yeah, thirteen goals. <sighs> it's just no, it's, it's not. not. Good. <laughs> I mean, I was looking at a list of like all the different free agents that just became available, and you're right, Diego Costa would definitely be a great like signing for them to help keep them up and put the goals in the back of the net. Be- yeah, because he can be signed now. Most of the people on this list have free agents. Uh, uh, they have they have their their contract expires at the end of the season, so they can negotiate with the club to play for them the following season. But for for Parma, the following season is too late. Get it done like immediately. Um, to, to try to get it done. Just try to get somebody in there who can score goals. When you have thirteen goals, and I think if I, I don't I don't know if I have this up, but Ronaldo Lukaku. And um, and a few others. I'm op- I don't. I actually don't. I don't know the top scores right now. But but there are players. There are individual players who have more than 13 goals a season, and they have 13 goals through 15 games. Um, so I mean, it's just not good enough. End of story. <laughs> right. Um. Up next, you have Genoa. Versus your best friends, Lazio. Hi, hi Lazio. How's it going down there? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what they're in, uh, what ninth now? Uh, what the hell is going on, man? Um, oh, jeez. Yeah, ninth. Oh my. Um, well, Lazio, obviously. Finished in front of Roma for the first time in nine years. It's probably going to be nine years again until they finish in front of Roma. Um, I feel sorry for my my friend uh, Clicking Cleats. He's a good dude. Uh, uh, unlike most Lazio fans I've encountered, uh, he's he's you know he's very respectful and all that stuff, and just I think he's a good guy. And I think uh, Jeremy Mancini uh, from Twitter, who who's uh, you can see by the way he's tweeting lately, he's very frustrated with the situation. Um, I mean, I feel bad for those guys, but they have been uh, they have been awful. Um, I'm going to continue in a second here, but 
But if do you think if they finish, if they don't finish in the top eight, do you think uh, Inzaghi might be on on uh, um, uh, the block of uh, that he might uh, they might consider moving on or um, sacking the coach? I I don't know if I'm going to go there yet, but I don't think anyone's talking about this. And if they're if they underwhelm so significantly and like finish like eleventh. They might have to make a decision on that of at least eventually. Okay, you wanna know what the funny thing is? I was actually gonna yeah. ask you the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I don't think they should do it, but I think they have to have a conversation at the end of the season if if okay, if they finish below tenth, then I would do it. If they can't finish like okay, I'm not the and Zaggy's been really good for them, though. Um, if they finish anywhere between 12th and 15th, they have to fire him. If not, they have to give him a year because he's earned it. But it's it's not it's 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 gonna it's be gonna it's going to become gut check time if if these things don't change. I what definitely think, think that if they finish eighth or something, I mean. I would give them one more season, but just if things they end up finishing below eighth, I think they need to consider sacking him and looking elsewhere because this is a club. I mean, oh, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna, I'm sorry, but this club is definitely way better than what we're seeing from them right now. I mean, and yeah, they definitely deserve like way more, like. Le- a way better leadership, in my opinion, at this point. And not only that, I know a couple other issues that are plaguing him, like finishing chances is becoming an issue, which normally they've never had issues in the beginning. But now it's just like they're seeming to struggle. And then defensively, le- there are times where they leave certain gaps open and it allows the opponents an opportunity to like get in those spaces to... Find the back of the net, yeah. which. Uh, yeah. Okay. Hold on. Go. No worries. Sorry. But yeah, I just noticed some of these small little things, but from Lazio that normally would not have been an issue in the, like the past few seasons. I mean, they got a point against. They only got one point from Genoa, and we know Genoa. Daniel, Dan, you, what you know what's happening, right? Did you did you know Genoa have uh, three of their last five games I haven't lost? Oh no! It's happening. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> what did I tell you? It's happening. I mean, they, they are eleven points, but if you just look at the form of the teams in the uh, in the bottom half of the table of the relegation teams, they have the they have a okay. Hold on a second here. From 15 to 20, they have the best form out of everyone. <laughs> They're playing well. You can't you can't deny this. To take a point off Lazio, and I know Lazio are not playing those here. When you when you beat a team that has Kiro Mobley, Malika Bitsavich, uh Luis Alberto, um, Lazario, Serbi, um a- and others, that's a big point for a team like Genoa. Right. And uh, Genoa, we all know we see what you're doing again. <laughs> 
they're, they're going to survive. I'm calling it now. They're not getting yeah. relegated. We always say this every year, but then they surprise us or they do their usual. They come back like, no, nope, just kidding. <laughs> but, I mean, it's good for the league that they're there because I don't want the league to have Sampdoria and Genoa. I want them both there or neither one. And Samp is too good to go down. So I, I, I kind of hope they go, go, you know, stay up. But, you know, that means we've been wrong about them for the third year in a row. <laughs> uh, you know what? If this was next season, I already know where I'm predicting. We'll just put you right there just for safekeeping. <laughs> yeah, yeah right? 17th. Oh. I mean, but if you look at their team, there's nothing about their team that suggests that they would be a good enough team to stay up. But then again, they always find a way. Um, I believe – oh, yeah, I forgot about this. Oh, they're definitely not staying up now. Uh, or they're not going down. I, do, do you remember Piontek? Oh, yeah, I remember him. He played for Milan. I, I I don't know how concrete is this, but I heard there's a rumor that um, that he's joining Genoa on, on loan. Oh wow! Um, I think. Let me check. Um, let's see. Let's see. It's not it's not done yet, but it's it, they're they're negotiating. Oh. No. Okay. Uh, it's four days ago. Um, a town, uh, they 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 begun to negotiate a couple days ago. So if if they get him and he can find his form again, um, that there's no way they're going down. Um, anyway, we're kind of getting off track. What, what did you What did you think about the performance? Um, from uh, however you want to attack. Um, it was a very team. well done performance by Genoa. Um. They did a mm-hmm. great job being able to find that little gap to find the back of the net. Um, Lazio, I mean, you're a great team and everything, but there's just there's something there's too many issues going on now that it's causing you to go downhill. You're leaving too many gaps open. Um, you, sometimes your finishing has kind of become lackluster. I mean, you still have performances that are like amazing, but. It just right now, overall for Lazio, it's very concerning. Yeah, Lazio, like I don't know how to explain this in in these terms, but it's like hitting the lottery and then spending all your money on junk food, and then you only have you know not much left. It, it's it's not like the, the summer transfer business hasn't been terrible, but it's just like they they felt like they they. I don't know how to explain it. It, it, I, it felt like they they felt like they belonged in the the class with Inter and AC Milan and uh, Juventus and others. And I think they just lost grips of of that. And uh, unfortunately, I think this is going to continue. Roma right Roma may roll them over based on how bad I actually been see that one hundred percent. Just because Lazio have been struggling. I mean, yeah. Lazio will show up for the game. If there's one game that you're going to get the best Lazio you're going to see this season, it's going to be in that game against Roma. But again, I just feel like all the momentum is pointing towards the the Romans rather than the. Well, I guess technically they're both Romans, the red Romans rather than the blue ones. Right. 
yeah, just Lazio, we have no clue what's going on, but hope, hopefully you resolve those issues soon because it would suck to see you not perform at a top, a really good level like we have been seeing you. So up next, yep. we have Benevento losing 2-0 to, uh, you know, the boys, Milan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and this is a team that... You mean the team that's way it's up there? It's one point. <laughs> Don't get me come over there again. <laughs> Yeah, but at the point, without Zlatan doesn't yeah, play like a couple of games. Um, this AC Milan team also at one point in the match, um, Tenali got sent off on a red card, and yeah, so stupid, so stupid. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So just like, what were your thoughts on this? I mean. Let's talk about the Tolani thing, then we'll get into the rest of it. But, but, like, I'm, I yes. you, you see, you seen the tackle. Like, it, it, it I, I'm not, I'm not saying he was intentionally trying to hurt the player or trying to do something. He was way late. I mean, you could see from the the the, the thing. It was he tried way too hard to get this tackle and and you know, and took him out. I mean, like, what are you doing? You're in it. Look, you can you can uh, you know wipe your nose at Benevento. They're in the top. They were in the top ten going into this game. They've been a really good team this season. This is not a team you mess with. Uh, their manager, uh, Pipo Inzaghi, uh, Simone Inzaghi's brother, uh, former AC Milan player and the most selfish player in football history. But we're not going to get into that right now. Um, <laughs> you can ask me another time, and I'll explain why. Um, but. Um, you know, this is this is a, a type of game that that Benevento could have taken advantage of. Um, if Milan aren't playing with such good momentum, um, they probably. But you know, it was, it was a great performance by Milan. The penalty, I I don't even know about that. One just seemed strange. It didn't seem like that should be a penalty. They just kind of ran into each other. Um, so I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, Milan were great though. They they did what they needed to do. Got the two goals. Frank Cassidy from the spot. Flawless finish, uh, you know, and then AC Milan get another one, and uh, and then they go home. I mean, uh, Benevento played a really great game. Uh, the blocks and the defensive pressure that was shown from uh, uh, what do you call it um, from from Milan, uh, not even Donnarum. Donnarum was great, but the the defense of Milan kept on getting in the way of shots and and. Uh, it would have been much more difficult had some of those gut shots get through. They didn't defend as well. So I thought defense, it was a defensive masterclass. And uh, Donnarumma, when you have him in your goal, you're, you're at least safe from, from conceding in games like these. And uh, Benevento played a good game. I thought they were really good. But, uh, you know, they just they couldn't get it over the line. And against the Milan team that's, that's playing really well right now, um, you know, uh, it's going to be tough. But, again – Tonali uh, was uh, was just stupid. I, I just can't get over that. Um, and he's also not been good this year, other than a, a few passes in the Europa League. Um, if he, if you had signed him, maybe it'd be different. But I've not been impressed in the slightest by uh, Sandro Tonali this season. Um, if you made team this season, he doesn't even make the bench. 
um, hasn't really done enough to really prove he's not playing that much, but still uh, you would think you'd see a little bit more from somebody who, who's supposed, supposedly going to be one of the, the best youngsters in, in the league. Um, but a great performance by Benevento, but Milan's defense. Yeah. Is I agree. Um, yeah. And speaking of that penalty, it, it was strange. I don't, it was definitely not a, a penalty in my opinion. They just ended up running into each other. That's all it was. Yeah, but you understand why they called it a penalty, right? You could, you could, you could, I get why, but it just seemed given the, the nature of the situation, like by the, okay, by the book, it is a penalty, but given how they got to that point, it doesn't seem like one because they kind of just ran into each other. Like, I, I understand that the guy swung his foot and then the other guy fell over, but it wasn't like a tackle. They didn't connect. So if anything, you give it an indirect free kick in the box. But I don't know. I thought I thought it was a little harsh. I'm yeah, I agree. And um, Benevento could have had a goal from this, but the um, Donnarumma. Oh wait, it ended up getting kicked wide. Never mind. No, are you talking? Are you talking about? It's a, no, I'm, are, yes. Are you, are you talking about the penalty? Oh, that was a dumb. That that was a bad penalty. I, I was talking about um, uh, Insigne, who scored an open play, who almost scored an open play. If it wasn't for, uh, he, he, I think he hit the bar actually. He either hit the ball or down room. I got a finger to it, but that's the chance I was ta- that that I thought about um, when I think about. It. They had their chances. It was, but again, it wasn't a bad performance from them. Uh, I don't know. I, I kind of felt bad because of how good they defended. It was just it made it impossible for uh, yeah for them to win the game. Um- and apparently Zlatan is set to return, I think, either over the weekend or the week after. I, I don't think he play, he's playing the game against Juventus, though. I don't think he'll be back in time for that. I think he comes, I think, I think he comes back uh, after that. Um, um, so be I'm starting to, I'm going to start saying it. Can we start like kind of saying that this team isn't really as dependent on Zlatan as we thought they were? No, they're not. Um, I think they're more dependent on him than some other teams with big strikers. Um, no, actually, I put uh, – I, I don't mean to be the Roma fan here, but I put Roma uh, without Dzeko and Zlatan without – Milan without Zlatan at the same area. Milan is this better team right now. They're playing with better momentum. I'm not talking about the table standing, but both of these teams are proven to perform without their big star. Where I'm not, I'm not, I'm not as convinced that Inter can perform without Lukaku and Lazio can perform without Immobile. So I think there are other teams that are way more dependent on their their star than than AC Milan. But uh, no, they look Canalo who. Uh, I, I've tried for the last 10 years how to pronounce his name correctly. That's, that's the best I can do. It's been great. Another a guy who's going to be a free agent um, that could be enticing for some teams. Um, he's been great. I think Cassie's been great. Uh, Milan, we're missing some parts of this team still. They'll manage to do some great things. I mean, they're real. The thing is, what are they going to do when they lose? That's, 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 that's what I feel when I think about um, – this team right. and what they can accomplish. And then the final match of the day was Juventus winning 4-1 against Udinese. <sighs> I 
Well, uh, again, I've, I've, I don't have a problem with this, saying all this stuff, but um, Ronaldo has become one of the weirdest players. Like, just, just Juventus Ronaldo from the last two years, one of the most strangest players in football right now. He has a performance that makes you leave your jaw on the floor. Then in, like, three straight games, he's absolutely terrible, atrocious. And then he has some okay games, and then, bam, here comes Ronaldo looking like he was at Real Madrid. So it's just – it's a very interesting win. Ronaldo was unbelievable. Like, again, people have this impression that I'm cheering against Ronaldo in some way or another. Um, I'm clearly I'm, – I'm not. I'm just, I'm just evaluating what I see. And when, when he performs well – I, I give him his props. No one, no one set, sees me giving his props. And then when I criticize him, everyone's out of their caves saying that I think he's that I'm, I'm delusional. But he was great this week. I mean, two goals and an assist. The assist is – like, the goals are great. Ronaldo scores from, from close spaces. That's not the impressive – the assist that he supplied to, I think, was Chiesa, the ball that just hopped over into on, the, on that through pass was excellent. And Ronaldo is not someone who has dished out assists on a regular basis since uh, since being at Real Madrid. Um, his assist numbers at Juventus are not good. So I thought it was really impressive the way he passed the ball. And then, you know, Ronaldo from close ranges, it's hard to stop when he's striking like that. Um, great performance. Uh, Udinese was, was hot, and then they cooled off, and they just started losing. Um, so uh, Rodrigo DePaul scored early, but uh, was taken off by VAR. And then they scored late, but then uh, and then DeBall scored again. It was nice to see DeBall scoring another. Um, again, I I just don't think this Juventus team is that strong. I don't think they're capable of winning the title. Um, but this this can be a Champions League team um, with the with the right materials. Um, so, and I think I think they have enough to make the Champions League. But I just don't think this is the team that wins the title. But I gotta give them credit. Great performance against Udinese. Uh, this is the top three Ronaldo performance this season. So. I definitely agree. Um, it, Ronaldo, you had a wonderful performance, and I. It's just one of those things. Like maybe he's doing this on purpose. Who knows? Because I, I don't know if he's doing it on purpose. I just think he's. This is the weird thing about Ronaldo. People are are. And he's still he's still a top ten player, but he's not in the top five anymore, and that's okay. But he can still play like he's the best player in the world occasionally. Udinese, Parma, and Calgary were three of the best in any league this season, and Ronaldo was great in those games. He's 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 older. He's not as good as he once was. He's deteriorating a little bit. Um, but I I just don't think he has enough energy and and quality on, on just a regular, regular basis to be able to perform like this every week. If he performs like this every week, Juventus win the league, the Copa Italia, and the Champions League. But he, he can't perform like this every week. And I think it's, it's, it's not – we have to be honest and to say that he, he is doing it. When he does, it's amazing. And we, we, we're there and we want to cheer and we want him to do it again and again and again because players like Ronaldo Messi do not come along every single day and when they're at their best, we want to see them at their best. He just hasn't been able, been able to maintain it for long stretches. He has – he has – it's like he's got patches of greatness and then inconsistency, greatness, inconsistency. So uh, – and people want to say whatever they want. That's, that's just how I view it, and I'm not going to apologize for that. But, but I, I think that's, that's the thing with Ronaldo. It's just like he, he's not capable of having playing 10 out of 10 performance for 10 games straight or five games straight or three games straight. 
it's like he can play for a couple games straight where he's like that, and then he, there's there's inevitably going to be a dip off. Not to say he's bad. Ronaldo's only had a few horrible games. He's had some average games or some below average games, but he's not been bad. He's been good, but he hasn't been great other than a few times that when we see him play like that, it's just, it's hard not to, to, to gloss at it. Yeah, I definitely agree. Okay. This is a question that we, I had asked you last night was, do you think Ilicic is a underrated player? And then you countered with another question. What other players besides for me in inter that, I, I, I'm gonna change. I'm gonna change that. You can you can say your own play, just not enter, because I know we're gonna go with this if I just give you enter. Um, so just you you can you can pick some own players, but just give me some players because I'm just curious. Because uh, you've been watching this league for a, for a couple of years now, you should have at least some database of players you think that are slightly um definitely Elisich. Um, I it's uh, reason is just because of his creativity and his ability to. It, to finish chances is just absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I would say Rebic of AC Milan, the defender. Uh, oh, attacker. My bad. Uh, attacker. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah there's your Lukaku's, your, um, your Mark, I've Martinez. Um, but he's just one of those players that really just flies under the radar and just the ability of him finishing chances and finding the back of the net, especially with like gaps that are not that big, is just amazing. Um, before, before we move on, do you remember when we were talking with James last week about uh, who Aixamon should bring in? Um, when we were talking yep. about uh, Luka Jovic from Real Madrid. Th- this is another reason why that's terrifying. Do you know who um, – do you know where, where? where Rebic played before he went to AC Milan? Frankfurt. Do you know where, where Luka Jovic played before he went to Real Madrid? So these guys know each other. They're uh, – I-, I think – no, they're, they're not – they. Uh, I know, I know. Uh, Rebic plays for Croatia, and um, and Jovic plays for a, a team, a country in that area. So there's some connectivity there, and they played together for a number of years. So um, that's another reason that that could be a really interesting because of the previous experience. Um, um, I, I think Red Do is another one that's underrated. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of him I for mean, obvious reasons. But <laughs> I mean, he's a really enough. good defender. Um, he's he's definitely good at tackles and making sure, and especially making sure he tracks down the teams on a counterattack. He's just an overall amazing defender. I'm trying to think of. Yeah, the reason the reason I don't like him is because. If he had had not quit the Romanian national team, I'd support him. But he quit the Romanian national team to focus on Lazio. So, so like, fuck you. <laughs> so you you've removed the only reason I can actually like him. Um, I'm trying anyway. to remember who I had Let's another see. name in my head, but I can't remember who it was and what team. Um, you can go 
Um, let's see. It's this shouldn't be difficult. Califiori. No. <laughs> if what I, if you don't oh, guess, it's, you're gonna feel stupid when I say. It. <laughs> who who who? I mean, Roma's entire backline flies under the radar, but who really flies under the radar Mancini, over the last couple right? years? No, Jacko, come on now. <laughs> Hello? Yeah, now I feel stupid. <laughs> That's fine. Um, you got uh, you, you can pick. Uh, let's do two more. Doesn't have to be in Italy, though. If you have another person that you think is underrated, um, then uh, you can name them. <clears throat> I think another underrated player is Wester McKinney. I mean, that's a good one. I mean, as an American, yeah, it's kind of like a lot of American players are finally starting to come into the European competitions, and it's very difficult to go from like teams like the MLS to a highly prolific team such as Juventus, and he's done very well so far with them, and hopefully he continues mm. down this track because I want to see what this he can do. And then one other one. Yeah, I'm trying you, to think of other players outside of LA right now. There's a there's a striker that that you have been affectionate about in the past. That's not that is very underrated. That used to play for Juventus. That what the, that now plays in oh. Paris. Ring any bells? Oh, oh, <laughs> it's in there. Moist, moist, oh, moist. Oh man, <laughs> it's like I know who you were talking about, but like, oh hey, I give you a minute. <laughs> All right. Uh, before I'm gonna, I just got some some things here. But um, so speaking of Moiskeen, um, I have two th- two part question. Uh, PSG are, are are negotiating a per- permanent transfer for him um, from Everton for about thirty five million. Um, like the deal, yes or no? And um, as blo- as much as we love Kiro Mobile, he hasn't really turned it on in for the national team. Would you consider in the Euros this summer um, talking about? Um, Potentially starting Moise Keane as as their number one striker uh, this this upcoming okay, first uh, question, gym, uh, European Championship. I actually like that move. Um, he's done very well in Paris, and um, hopefully to give him a little bit more playing time. But of course, with sixteen, well, 16 that's pretty games, good though. Uh, nine goals, but pretty of good. course, you, I mean, but you still have yeah, um, your Mbappe. You have your um, and of course, Neymar. Um, yeah, but they do play the most attacking formation in the history of mankind, though. Um, actually, I don't know if Potch is going to play that formation, but they were playing the four-two-four. Um, so he'll get game time regardless. And if 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 PSG are interested in doing this, then Potch has signed off has signed off on it. 
So I assume that um, yeah, that I agree. Will, and will find a place for him. What? It's going to make Mario you expendable, know, but you know, at that point, if that happens, we all know who won the divorce on that one. We'll see, though, but um, we'll see. I would consider having him start over Kiro Mobile on the Italy national team just because Immobile seems to have been struggling, and it would be nice to see Moist King get that starting time. Yeah. No, Immobile's been but he's never turned it on for Italy. So I'm, I, I'm almost 100% fine with with Moskin being the number one striker this summer. Oh. Do you have any more questions for um, me? Or just so just you know, guys, um, we have officially started our Cal- Calcios Pantheon Instagram, and we've also started a Calcios Pantheon um, Facebook page. So if you are any of our listeners and you're on any of those social media platforms, give us a follow, because that way we'll be posting all of our recent uh, um podcast episodes on that page and posting like certain questions that you, or maybe like a question could be like, what topic would you like to see us talk about that Syria related stuff like that? So give us a follow. But other than that, I really don't have anything else. Um, Real quick point of order. It's, it's just so you know, Calcio. You know, like Joe, Joseph's Instagram page, Calcio fan blogs? That's how Okay, that's how it's now I got word. it. Just to let you know, I'm not okay. trying to put you on the spot, but just, Thanks just for to let you know. Thanks for helping all. me out on that. I'm still learning pronunciations of players, people, so bear with me. <laughs> and then one more thing. No, I'm not going to talk about Nicola Zaniolo's dirty laundry. So, you know, if if you want another information, go Google it. I'm not doing it because I'm sure people are expecting me to talk about this. News, I'm definitely so not going I to. don't even. I, I will. If you mess with me, I'll Sounds tell you about good, it. Sounds good, but other than that, do you have anything? No, I just want to because I'm sure people are, are expecting me to discuss this because I'm a Roma fan and it's something that's going on at the club. But I'm not. I'm just not interested in talking about someone's uh, personal business like the 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 news outlets have been doing. Which I actually actually I'll just say this. I, I didn't like how they're doing it. It's his. It's his personal business. Things that are not football related should, should be kept in house and they shouldn't be spread on the news and et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I think uh, just just I just leave the kid alone. He's he's twenty something years old. He's a young kid. He's playing at a, a huge club in European football. He's a breakout star in Italian football. He's one of the the, the jewels of Italy right now. Um, he's going to make mistakes. If I was playing for Roma or somebody else or a big club at his age, I'd be doing stupid shit too. So just just give the guy a break. He's he's going to learn from these experiences. And I don't know. I just don't like when the, the media like broadcasts someone's personal business that shouldn't that should not be shared with the world. It just irritates me. Um, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into details of what exactly went down. But yeah, I, I definitely know, agree. The wrong way. You know what I mean? And um, since we have nothing else for this wonderful episode, this.